Hello, I'm Matthew Pfeiffer with MattPfeifferCoaching.com. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Toxic to Triumph. Today I'm going to be taking a listener email question from a woman that was in a three and a half year relationship with a narcissist that ended very, very abruptly. I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you and I will talk to you soon. So today we have a listener question, and I will call this listener Julie. Obviously, that's not going to be her real name, but I want to pause for a second, and I just want to remind you that if you have a question that you'd like for me to answer on a future podcast, go to mattpfeiffercoaching.com, go to contact, send me an email, three paragraphs max, be very, very specific and very, very direct about the question that you have, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you have on a future podcast, on a future episode. One of the things I really like about this email that Julie sent is that you can actually see the progression. You actually see all three phases of the narcissistic abuse timeline. Um, You see the idealization phase. You see the devaluation phase. And you also see the discard phase. You can actually also see how she was left for new supply. So without further ado, let me go through this email. I fell head over heels with this guy I had known for a while and worked with. Always thought he had his life together. Seemed like a family man. Awesome at his job, just the whole package. He had an affair on his ex-wife and started a chain of events in his personal and professional life. We started talking after he got his divorce and was no longer with the girl he had an affair with. Now at this time, I was divorced as I had cheated on my husband. There were more issues than that in our marriage, but when this guy and I started talking, we both said we would never do that to anyone. And the... And because it's selfish and it hurts so many people in so many ways. It was a whirlwind romance, both good and bad. So I think anyone who's listening can already hear a lot of red flags at the fact that not only had the gentleman cheated, but also Julie had cheated herself as well. Not only that, both had been recently divorced, and I don't hear a lot of work that had been done for either person. There's a lot of things that we can take from this first paragraph, but I want to continue on with the email. Uh, But one of the things that I wanted to focus in on is the fact that she was asked to assume risk quite often in a toxic, especially early in the early stages of a toxic or narcissistically abusive relationship. You are asked to assume risk. Basically, they want you to take their word for something. In this situation, he wanted her to take his word for the fact that he would never cheat again, that this was just a one time event. Now, I also want to point out the fact that she also had cheated herself. The reason why I think that this is very important to point out is that in the early stages, when not only when they ask you to assume risk, but a narcissist or a toxic person will oftentimes mirror exactly what you are looking for. Keep in mind, she had just projected exactly what she had been looking for. A family man, awesome at his job, just the whole package. 
it would have been very easy for him to display an image that she wanted, not only from the family man and awesome at his job and the whole package aspect, but also relate to her because of the whole cheating thing. Because at least up until this point, it sounds like Julie had not done any work for herself to understand her end of the divorce, the cheating, and really done the work to try to become a complete person herself. We're going to see how that plays out. So as the email continues, fast forward three and a half years later, March of 2019, after multiple discussions about moving in together and getting married, we talked about getting together to discuss a budget to move towards moving in, which included me selling my house and moving in with him. So right there, I'm going to pause the email for a second. You can see how the assuming risk actually progressed. It went from him just wanting her to believe the fact that the that his affair was a one-time event to her selling her house and moving in with him. Uh, a complete risk. So let me continue with the email. We had talked on a Sunday at the beginning of March, and he flat out asked me if I wanted to move in. Next thing I know, I said no. Good for you. And that was it. I poured my heart out, and he said that there was nothing left in our relationship. He refused to talk to me in person and only talked to me a couple of times over the phone. The following week, he sent a text, yes, a text, telling me it was over. So you see this quite often with narcissistic people, with narcissistic men and women, is when you cause a, what's called a narcissistic injury. When you set a boundary, when you tell them no, when they hear or they experience something that they don't like, then all of a sudden they want to hit the eject button or they want to punish you in some form of some form or fashion. It can come in the form of a silent treatment. In this situation, it came in the form of discard. So as I continue with the email, it goes, I was devastated because I had no clue what just happened. Quite often, that's exactly what happens. A lot of times when you're discarded, you are blindsided. Never told me why. And you, you know why. You're, you're no, you telling him no was the reason why. He probably up until this point, he probably never experienced or didn't experience often you telling him no or setting any sort of boundary. He just assumed that he was going to be able to have his way with you no matter what. And more than likely, this you moving in was his form of supply. He needed you for, not for you, but for your bills, for you to uh, contribute. And he also, going back to early into the email, you said, seemed like a family man, awesome at his job, just the whole package. He likes to display a certain image and project that certain image onto, certain, onto people and this image that he has his life and his shit together. So you not moving in would leave him vulnerable and would not fulfill his narcissistic supply that he has his, has his shit together. So let me continue with the email. Never told me why. All I really know is that I wouldn't move in with him and that was it. There, was, there were many reasons why I did not want to move in. One being I thought he had changed, very up and down moods, felt like I walked on eggshells, and I couldn't bring my daughter into that, permanent, into that on a permanent basis. Very good for you for realizing that, for you seeing that. Um, all of these things, everything that you're describing, 
Uh, obviously, I don't know this gentleman. I don't know much about him. But from what you were feeling, it sounds like you were heading in or actually in a toxic relationship and that this was this guy was a narcissist. The other thing I want to point out is in this email, she says there were many reasons why I didn't want to move in. And she goes on to describe all the reasons why she didn't want to move in. You don't need to justify why you don't want to move in with someone. You don't ever have to justify your no. And that is one of, um, early on, I said that, you know, she was, she was showing signs of codependency and that was, that's one of them. You don't ever have to justify why you do or don't want to do something. You know, people who are in the dating realm, if you, if, if someone asks you out, if a guy or a girl asks you out and they want to hang out with you over the weekend, you don't have to have a reason why you don't want to. You could just want to sit at home that day and you could just want to watch a movie or you just may not feel like having company. You don't ever have to justify your no. So let me continue on with the email. Come to find out he had started dating a girl that same month, March 2019. Within a couple of months, she moved her two five-year-old twins just recently and just recently found out that they got married we haven't been broken up a year and all of this has happened already so right there you hear exactly what he was looking for not only from her but from it, it for him this was all interchangeable he wants his his form of narcissistic supply is to have the the image of being this what she said earlier family guy, awesome at his job, just the whole package. So it was very easy for him to, or it's no thought, I shouldn't say easy. It's no thought in the back of his mind because narcissists typically lack empathy. So he could care less how this made her feel just the same way that he could care less about how it made his ex-wife feel. He could care less about how it made the person that he had an affair with feel. As long as he's able to project that image that he's a family guy, awesome at his job, and just the whole package, doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter who he steps on. It doesn't matter who he hurts on, on his way to that image. And more than likely, I mean, especially if, if he had, you know, to you it may seem like he had just started dating that girl within, within the same month, but I can guarantee you he started at least, at the very least, grooming her long before that. And this is the reason why, Going back to the earlier paragraph, when he wanted to wanted you to assume risk for him, why that was such a risky proposition for you. Because really, he continued that same behavior. He cheated on his ex-wife. He moved on very quickly, not only to the to and now now we're looking at the at this affair being new supply and not just an affair. And then moved on to you after the affair, and then now uh, he, he has, he's shown a pattern, you know, um, I think it's, it's important that we don't just look at people's potential at early on when you guys were first getting together, you were looking at this, this guy's potential family, man, awesome at his job, just the whole package, but you ignored his pattern, his pattern of bouncing from one woman to another, to another very, very quickly. So as I continue with the email, I cannot confirm that he is an actual narcissist. So I want to pause there for a second. More than likely he is. However, it does not matter. One of the things that I, I, I want to do a better job on this podcast and I've been telling people in my group sessions is that really when it comes down to the title of narcissist or toxic, it doesn't matter. 
It really doesn't. The reason why I say that is because the behaviors are there. Who cares? We can call him. We can call him an angel. We can call him a narcissist. We can call him an asshole. We can call him whatever we want. But the behaviors don't change. The fact that he discarded you after you after you told him no. The fact that you know he was trying to get you to assume risk. The fact that he has that that he cheated not only on his on his ex wife, but it looks like he was probably or possibly at least possibly cheating on you, or at least had something else lined up in the event that you told him no. The behaviors are there. Regardless if we want to call him a narcissist, regardless if we want to call him, we can call him whatever we want. The title doesn't matter. The behaviors have not changed. So as I continue, I cannot confirm he is an actual narcissist, but the way that he left me led me to the research of narcissist. It will be a year in March and I have been through hell and back with my feelings and everything that has come with the discard. He is 51, which makes it worse because you would think that a grown-ass grown man would not be a coward. So people don't grow out of narcissism. Actually, narcissism as they as people get older actually gets worse. Um, so as the email continues, not not the case at all. What makes it what makes it worse is that we work together. So it's hard for me to, to move on when I see him a lot. But I'm in a better place than I was. Also. Not to sound completely conceited, but I was under the assumption that narcissists upgrade and not downgrade, which has also made it hard. So I'm assuming that you're talking about the the woman's looks, and you probably feel that you look better to her, look better than her, which may or may not be the case. We're you know we're not going to be here to judge, but I, I do want to address narcissists, the assumption that narcissists upgrade and not downgrade. And it, for a narcissist, it's not about, for some it is, it's not always about the looks. It's about what they can get away with. It's about the supply. And in his world, you told him no. You caused that narcissistic injury that led to the discard. And for him, he wanted to portray the image that he's a family man, awesome at his job, just the whole package. There may be a, well, I, let me take that back. He's going to do the same thing to this woman. He's going to do exactly what he did to his ex-wife. He's going to cheat on this woman, and eventually he's going to find a new form of supply and move on. That person may be better looking or worse looking, but as long as he can continue to portray the same image, it doesn't really matter whether the person looks better or not in his in his world. So the So as I wrap up this email... That is the basis of my story. I've healed and so I've healed more than I ever thought possible and have learned a lot about myself in the process. Any words of encouragement to help me continue healing? Thanks for your time, Julie. So number one, um, so you asked for encouragement. So number one, I encourage you to continue to do the work. So as I read through this email, I hear at least a lot of codependent tendencies, which I hear a lot of narcissism from him. Now, narcissist and, and codependents—they're—they're um, they're typically polar opposites and really are attracted to each other. And the reason why I said that is that you really should be thankful that you did not move in with this guy, that you didn't mortgage your house to to make this work, because. This was headed to either your second divorce or a lifetime of misery if you guys did decide to get married. Quite often, 
life will give us a warning shot. And if I were you, I would be very, very thankful and I would consider this a warning shot. And the, re- and the reason why I describe this as a warning shot is that if you're not careful with you having some, at least, at the very least, some codependent tendencies, you, without doing any type of work, without seeing either myself or another therapist or without doing some self-healing, you're, th- these are the type of guys that you're going to continue to run into without doing the work. You need to get to a point where you are completely 100% satisfied with yourself, with your life. You don't have to be perfect, but you do need to be in a position where you feel like you are a whole, complete person. You don't need someone else in your life before you move on. So I'll wrap this up with this. Quite often, because I know you, you, you basically explain that you are hurting from this and you're still healing from this and it's been over a year, which, you know, don't worry about that part of it. it However long it takes for you to heal, just heal. But quite often, when we look at situations and circumstances, we look at them from a lens of judgment. And what I mean by that is that we'll go through a certain situation and we will categorize that situation as either A, good, or B, bad. Rather than just staying in the present, and just accepting things as they are. So in this situation, you thought that this was going to be something very good that turned out to be very bad. And so therefore, just stay present that at one point in time you thought this was good, but in reality, you really dodged a bullet. You dodged a bullet not only for yourself, but for your child as well. So I really encourage you to look at this from a different type of lens. Not good, not bad, but a learning experience and being very thankful. Sometimes I don't think that we do a good enough job of being thankful for what we may consider a bad experience. This may have been a bad experience for you, but trust me when I tell you this could have been a lot worse. I know you guys work together, so I would stay low contact. I wouldn't talk to him. I would talk to him as very little as possible. I don't know if you have to communicate with him. I would be as low contact as you possibly can. And I would can, I would encourage you to, regardless if it's my group or uh, another support group, I would encourage you to join a, join a support group and either do some self-healing, reading some books, or definitely work with either myself or with another therapist who is well-versed with narcissism, with codependency, and those sorts of things. So with that being said, I'm Matthew Pfeiffer with mattpfeiffercoaching.com. If you'd like to make a contribution to the podcast, you can go to mattpfeiffercoaching.com, go to donation, and you can submit a donation of any size that you feel is relevant to the information that you received. If you would like for me to answer a question on a future podcast, send me, go to all, you can also go to mattpfeiffercoaching.com, go to contact, send me two, three paragraphs max, be very, very specific, very direct about what your question and what your situation is. And I would love to answer any question you may have on a future episode. Also, mattpfeiffercoaching.com, if you would like to work with me one-on-one, I have several different products for several different price points, for several different budgets for people. That's the quickest way to get answers from me. That's the quickest way to get answers for yourself. mattpfeiffercoaching.com. Go to products, select whichever product you feel works best for you, and I will talk to you soon.
to the sky Spread your wings wide Show the world you can fly, baby Show the world you can fly Show the world you can fly, baby Dream big, keep your head to the sky Spread your wings wide Show the world you can fly, baby Show the world you can fly Yeah, show the world you can fly Dream big, keep your head to the sky Spread your wings wide Show the world you can fly, baby Show the world you can fly Show the world you can fly Dream big, keep your head to the sky Spread your wings wide Show the world you can fly, baby Dream big, now the Tommy dream big. It's all we take with us, the things we did. Dream big.